Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro, Evan Preparis. Got a guest with us on the line before we get to her, though. Quick word from this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Hyperware. Hyperware makes weighted vests. They make weighted sandbags. They do all sorts of weighted products, weighted ropes. I think they have like a weighted jump rope. A lot of great stuff on their website, hyperware.com. You can head over and check it out. I've also got two reviews that should be out by the time this podcast publishes on the OCR report talking about their weight vests specifically they've got these adjustable weight plates so you can actually like put a plate into like a normal plate carrier like you use for the military or shooting and uh, you can actually adjust the weights so really cool product and then they've also got ones that's like specifically for hyperware so they have ones that fit in like a standard plate carrier and they have ones that are specifically for their vest so I got a couple reviews coming out for that including like a review on using them on different weight or uh, plate carrier vests. So for those of you who are interested in tactical games, especially check them out. Or if you're doing Memorial Day Murph, you're going to want to check out Hyperware. All right, let's get to today's guest. I'm joined by Cindy Herbert. Cindy, say hi. Hello. Yeah. So excited to have her on. Uh, she is a Phoenix race. She's on the Phoenix race pro team and recently run Mythic Race, first female in the 5K category. Yeah, it was go for a it. Great race. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna be talking a lot about. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Phoenix, but we'll also talk a lot about some of the other events you've done, and specifically with a focus on Mythic Race. Um, we're gonna read a little bit of her bio, not the whole thing, just to kind of touch on some high points. So, wife and mother of uh, three young children, nine, eight, and five, which I'm sure keeps you uh, very busy, and also has it some sure hobbies. Does. <laughs> hobbies include cooking and baking and crafts, and uh, started running in her twenties. Invite, did her first Spartan race in 2018 and fell in love with it and got into some Ninja Warrior training in 2019. Got a trifecta in 2021 with a podium at each event in her age group, which is impressive because that's back-to-back races. And then also has podium finishes at Music, Music City Trail Ultra 12K, uh, Mu- Music City Dairy Dash 15K. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. That's clever. Modus Knoxville Trail Half Marathon, Blue Crab Bolt 10K, Swinging Bridge 10K. Uh, Phoenix Race OCR got first in that one, and then uh, Deca Fit Elite fourth place. Also done Go Ruck Tuscaloosa Gauntlet first place, and then our uh, Mythic Race first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's start off. To get in all the races I can. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know, I, you've got you come from a looks like you come from a running background, and then got into OCR. So that's uh, it's always a good base to jump off from because most of OCR is in fact running, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, you could say my background is running, but I never, like, I never ran track in school or anything like that. Like I was just a, I was just kind of living life being like, I got to do something active here. So let's just go run. And (laughs) then it has just progressed over the years into getting into racing and competitions and stuff like that. No, that makes sense. A lot of the people I knew who ran in high school and college are get burnt out by it. And, you know, when they become yeah. an adult with like a real job and kids and stuff, they're like, no, no, yeah, I, don't, like, I don't do running, running anymore. Forget running. Yeah. Yeah. And they all, the other problem is they're used to being uh, high school age and weight where like they don't, they're just like a stick. And it's like, oh, all yeah. right, well, now, now <laughs> I have last. an extra like. <laughs> 20, 30 pounds of muscle or fat or what a mix of both. And you can't hit those same times because you absolutely because you can do other things like pull ups, right? Which yeah, high school runners cannot do. So. Yeah, it's actually been been really um, kind of great in that way, being late to running, <laughs> because I can still like I'm still hitting PRs and getting faster, even though I'm 40. <laughs> so nice. Um, it it really uh, keeps things exciting and rewarding. <laughs> it keeps me coming back for more. So t- tell me about, uh, let's start off with your, tell me about your entry into the sport of obstacle course racing. You said a friend invited you for your first Spartan race. Uh, kind of tell me about that and how that led into Ninja Warrior training. Yeah. So um, like you said, a friend of, friend of mine, just her and her husband were going to do 
the Nashville Spartan race in 2018. So a couple months before that, she was like, how about you and your husband come with and do it with us? And um, I had never heard of Spartan before. I, I like had to Google what it was and how to train for it. And um, I, they had, I don't know if they still have training programs on their website, but they did at the time. And I just kind of started adding that stuff into my running. So it was like doing burpees and crab walks. And <laughs> I don't even remember all the stuff, but it, it added in another element that I, even from just that first little bit of training found really interesting and like different from what I was doing. So it just kind of grabbed my attention that way. And um, so we went to the race and um, it wasn't like, uh, it, it certainly wasn't like, I didn't have like a great race. I was, um, you know, new to it and just kind of trying it out. But I was able to do all of the obstacles minus the spear throw, which I know gives a lot of people trouble. But, um, you know, I was able to get through some stuff that I, that I, I really even kind of surprised myself I was able to do. And I just loved that feeling of being able to like push through things and do things that I didn't even know I could do. And, you know, I got to the finish line and I was like, oh my gosh, this was so much fun. And it was, it was hard, but it like gave me this great feeling. And I knew from that moment that I wanted to do more. Um, what advice would you have for someone? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that was right after your youngest was born. It no. was. Yeah. So I had, I think he was, he was one at the so, time. So what advice would you have for either, you know, new moms or, you know, someone in their late thirties that was, that's interested in getting in the sport. doesn't even maybe know if, um, they should, I, most of our listeners involved obviously are in the sport, but yeah, um, sure. You know, I think, um, I think sometimes we have to convince other people like our friends or our <laughs> spouse or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Know, so what what I, angle I would you use it? Have, have run into people that I'm trying to convince. Um, first of all, just go for it. Like, even if you can't do an obstacle or you, you know, are, are having trouble with certain things, like just, just go for it and, and try, try it. Like, there's so much, um, there's so much to be gained from it. Um, even if you don't, you know, I've of course gone like way off into the competitive side of things, but even if you don't, and you're just doing it for fun, like there's, there's so much community and there's, um, there's just so much good that, that can come from it. Um, and, and don't, I think people, from, from what I have experienced, people worry very much about like, are they training right? Are they training enough? Can they do this? And like, even if you just go out there and, and walk it and yeah. try the obstacles, like you will have so much fun and you will meet people that are right there with you. And, um, you, you don't have to be an expert at everything to yeah. go out there. Most people are not doing every obstacle on every yeah. course. Like that's the, you're the, if you can do every obstacle on a course, you are the exception, not yeah, the rule. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. It, when you run in the elite wave, it's different, right? Like the majority of people are doing the majority, like almost all the obstacles, but that's, that, that's but different. That's, but it, it's a very small percentage of people right. that are running the elite Right. I mean, we're talking, yeah. uh, that's probably five, maybe 10%, depending on the, yeah. the race. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But I mean, I, so I uh, I worked for Tough Mudder for two years. We're doing their charity event, their Infinite Hero Honor Challenge. And at one point I was waiting. It was like kind of like a land nav thing where they're bouncing across, bouncing around the course. So I'm yeah. waiting at a slant wall, which <laughs> I would consider one of like the most basic obstacles, right? It's just a wall slanted towards you. Yeah. And I'm waiting there for the group to arrive. And I'm watching a third of the people go across it. A third of the people kind of struggle over it or kind of doubt themselves and then get help. And then a third oh, yeah. of the people were like, I can't do this. And yeah. they go around. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a slant wall. Like, yeah. to <laughs> the elites, we, we won't even talk about it. It wouldn't be like, did you yeah. see the slant wall? It would be like, was there a slant wall? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't I even remember. So yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Point. 
So tell me about, so you, you, you've done uh, the Spartan Trifecta, and uh, you did Phoenix Race. So tell me a little bit about Phoenix Race and kind of how you ended up on their uh, pro team. Yeah, so um, when I, so Spart- that Spartan Trifecta was kind of like, it was pretty early on in my OCR days, you know, considering what I've done. So, um, and I, and I loved it and I loved the challenge, like the challenge of doing the different distances and like the longer distances has some different obstacles that are more challenging, but I also, as much as I would have liked to travel around and go to all these different Spartan races, it wasn't really in my reality. Like I couldn't afford it for one to travel that much and um to travel or to pay for the races honestly so I just started looking for local obstacle course races that were within driving distance from us I mean within like four or five hours um where do you live for our listeners uh, I'm in the Nashville, Tennessee area, okay. Franklin, Tennessee specifically. It's just south of Nashville. Yeah, I used to live up um, in Clarksville for oh yeah, not about seven years away. of my life. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So I. Um. Well, to get into a little bit about the last little bit of my life, um, we did move around some. So, um, I was living in Memphis when Memphis, Tennessee, when um. I did that first Spartan and for several years after, and then we were actually in Oklahoma for a year during COVID. Um, and that, and, but there was some races going on and there was, uh, so I um, was introduced to the battle of the lions. Are you familiar with battle of the lions? I, I am. I'm very familiar. I used to be, we, the ha- Mudgear Hannibal pro team used to be called Mudgear battle of the lions pro team. Okay. So I'm, okay. I'm I did not know that. Them. I didn't realize that. Okay. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, so that's our third I, name change in three years. So oh, so hard to keep up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they had their. I don't know if they're still doing races, but they're. Um, they are not. Their races were all like in that sort of. I don't know what that. Midwestern. Midwest. We'll call it. Yeah, Mid- we'll okay. Call it yeah. It was like Kansas City had one. And uh, Dallas and Oklahoma was one of the ones, and it was happening while I was there. So I did that one, um, and their obstacles I noticed were more challenging. Um, and I was like, "Wow, this is like, this was so fun." I was not able to do all the all of those obstacles, but um, I was like, "This is so different and fun." And I was like, "I need to find more like." local obstacles so we did we did um the kansas Kansas city timber challenge Mm -hmm. while we were in that area um so we were only there for a year we moved to nashville area and i started looking for races around here and um found a few options but phoenix race is mostly in in the area they have um a couple of races that they do in ohio um, but they have um, Georgia, they have Chattanooga, Tennessee. There's a couple in Alabama, um, Mississippi. I think they run about seven events for, through the year. Um, and so um, I went to their Chattanooga race at the end of, it was like last fall. And um, ended up winning that race. And um, and it was it was uh, kind of a crazy time for me. So um, I actually ended up getting really sick after that race. Um, and I was like, even while I was there, I was like, man, I can't believe I won this race. And then like, I ended up with a fever later that day and it was crazy. Um, but I, the the people that run that race are just they're just great. And they just sort of welcomed me with open arms and, um, you know, invited me to some of the other races that they were having. And, um, yeah, Julie's great. So she's the, one of the owners. 
Yeah, Julie and and Jason. Um, Julie's also apparently working for Legendborn, which I had not realized. Who makes like every every time you see a race jersey on anyone, <laughs> all the it's gear, like yeah, ninety percent or probably more. It's a Legendborn jersey, so yeah. Um, so um, a- anyway, they're I just love I love their races. Like they're, I mean, they're local, so they're smaller. So you just kind of get, I feel like you get to know people a little bit better and, um, but they're, they're, um, Jason does the rig and it's like every rig is different and challenging and, um, I just really like it. Yeah. Well, you ended up in a decent place. So in the Midwest, I'm, I'm West of Kansas city in the Midwest. There's like no Spartan race. I think the closest Spartan race is. eight hours or something i think it oh, might gosh, be one at man. six you have to really travel for that <laughs> uh so I, I end up not doing a lot of spartans nashville at least you get a little bit of a the local scene but you also get some of the um you know there are a couple spartans out yeah there, there are direction. a couple there and there is one that comes to the national area in yeah. the fall each year so I always do that one um so, there are some there, some regions like in atlanta the, and yeah. some other close close areas so like the west coast doesn't really have a good local scene it's just got like the major brands oh yeah i do not like um, yeah i i like yeah to me yeah, like ohio is a really good place to be if you racing the northeast has got some good ones up there too some local stuff in addition yeah. to all the big brands that's so. true yeah i have run across a few <laughs> I've yeah added to, me, to my list of things to do in the future <laughs> you want to be someplace with a mix of both or at least I, i'm a really big fan of locals i think they're very unique and uh provide a different experience and it i like how there's essentially no there's no like standards or rules for obstacles so they can do whatever they want so sometimes, yeah that's so true yeah sometimes you'll go to an event you're like i what what is happening right now so yeah you don't really one, know what to expect <laughs> the one i recommend for you uh that i haven't heard you mention is uh, in st louis it's called hazelwood ocr i talked about it on my last podcast with jamie ron yes i have heard of it and it is, it is on my list. I was close to going, or I thought about going to that. It just didn't work into my schedule this year, but yeah. I have heard that it is very unique. Yeah. If you like Mythic Race, if you like Battle of the Lions, uh, you'll like Massacre. Uh, I'm sorry, Hazelwood OCR. They've got two events under that title brand, Hazelwood OCR. They've got the Massacre and they've got the Shirinji. So the, the Massacre oh, okay. happened already in Mar- mid-March and the Shirinji is happening, I think it's September 23rd is the the weekend is oh happening. okay i'll have to check my schedule for that one yeah all right so let's so uh mythic race we're going to talk about a little bit about that the uh because you won one of the prizes was you get to come on the podcast and you get Good to night, talk <laughs> so uh one how did you find mythic race right because they're a smaller brand they don't advertise uh too much so i feel like you kind of got to be in the know how did you end up finding them their brand oh goodness um that is a great question that I'm not even sure I can answer. I kind of, okay. So a little bit, a little bit about me. Um, I do kind of get obsessive about things when I am excited about them. So um, you're a good company. You're a good company. <laughs> yeah. So I like at the end, I guess it was maybe at the end of last year um, when I was thinking about like, what are the races I want to do this year? Um, I'm also like not super organized, so I don't, don't have like a spreadsheet or anything. It's, you know, I just have a list of handwritten things that I want to do, but, um, but I just kind of started like deep diving in local OCRs and, um, you know, I think that one just sort of came, came up and I was like, oh, this isn't too far away. Like I can drive that in a in a day so nice i'd also recommend kind of got added to the list if you haven't downloaded it yet the ocr buddy the app do you have that app oh yes i do okay i do and and i do use it yes (laughs) that's like my go-to for everything now that's how i find everything so yeah it's nice because like there's there's too many races on my list for me to do them all in a year but um it's nice because uh, I can search by date. Like if I know I have a weekend free, yeah, I can be like, what is happening this weekend? <laughs> is it close enough for me to go? I love that. Yeah. 
So tell me about a little bit about the course of Mythic Race. So there was a there was a five hour option and there was a five k option. Uh, I did yeah. the five hour, so I'll have a I'll throw some stuff in about that. But tell us about uh, the five k option and kind of some of the some of the obstacles and some of your thoughts as you kind of sped through the course. Yeah, so um, I did come out the night before they had um, like packet pickup or like you know packet pickup and. Um, you, you, of course, they had the course set up so you could see some of the stuff that was right in the, in that entry area. Um, I wanted to kind of get, cause I didn't, I didn't really have any idea what the course was going to be like. Um, and I did kind of want to get that in my mind of like, okay, what to expect. Um, and of course it was like at a racetrack, right? Like what yeah, kind of like, racing do they do there? Like a car racing? Thing? <laughs> like, they do like drag. They have like a they had a strip for drag racing that we ended up running down at one point. And okay. then I think they might oh, do some right. yeah, motocross like in the But it in was the like a dirt track, right? So yeah. anyway, um, so it was very flat. Like there was very um, flat. It was very flat. It was just kind of all around this um, track. So it was all it was all just flat. But once we got into the course, I was like. Oh, there's like all this sand. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Which, you know, sand is like really hard to run on. Um, I mean, it was short. It wasn't any big deal, but it, it was just kind of surprising to me that there was all this sand. Um, but, um, you know, I liked how they they did utilize some of the, the natural stuff going on there with that. Um, there was some like he- there was some heavy care like uh, farmers carry and sandbag carry like really early on, um, and then kind of the the first like um, built obstacle I think was the the rig the low rig, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, which I did I you know I got through on the first time but it was tough. Uh, low rigs get in my head. I don't know like if if that's true for a lot of people but i just like oh gosh i'm tall i'm like i'm five nine so i mean i'm not like crazy tall but i'm i'm kind of tall so i think there's something that just like gets in my head like oh my my legs are gonna drag i'm gonna have such a hard time with this so um they're always awkward because sometimes you it's best to go parallel to the ground and other times it's best to like tuck into a ball and just go across it like a normal rig and it's hard to know like yeah what the best way is to do it um so i actually think i got because i was doing the five hour and i had to do it multiple times i think i was better on laps like two three four i kept i think i kept getting better after you've like kind of had some practice (laughs) yeah the first time i felt really awkward because i tried to stay parallel and then like halfway through i was like this isn't going well. Yeah. I should change. So. Yeah. Well, because they had like the um the horizontal bars on the ends. Yeah. And that's what kind of what I thought too was like, okay, keep my feet on there as long as you can. But then there was like too many um rig holds, yeah. Grips in yeah. the middle to stay that way. <laughs> so it was like, I'm sure it was not pretty to watch me going across that, but I did I did manage to make it. And um Oh, and yeah, there was a couple of things because um, then we ran down that the drag racing strip, and um, there was the um, the windpipe, the wind. What did they call it? Wind, wind chimes. chimes. Yeah, there were vertical, like yes. six vertical PVC pipes hanging. Yes, which was surprisingly difficult because they're like whacking you in the shin while you're trying to get your leg onto the next one, and um, I like that. That was a a good. Um, inventive obstacle and i love i there was um it like um stadium seating along the you know around the track and they used that for us to run up and down and up and down and i don't even know how many times we ran up and down those um bleachers and i like that they used that um it just kind of added another element of difficulty um if you have to do the wind chimes again and for those of you who have to do a similar obstacle the the generally the best bet is you want as much exposed skin as possible because that'll stick to the pipe as opposed to your your clothes right so like yeah i actually i was wearing spandex pants and i actually rolled them up slightly to expose more of my thigh oh nice yeah Yeah. i did have shorts on that day (laughs) 
<laughs> instead of like, you know, full leggings or anything. And I didn't slide too much on it probably because of that. Yeah. Um, and then take us to the, uh, the, I really like they used again, using their, the terrain and the resources they had available at one point they used like actually like the cross beam of a, of a tall swing set for a rope yeah. climb and for a Tarzan swing. I thought that was really clever. Yes. Agreed. And- that was great. I, I, I was kind of confused when I came back around because I was like, oh, are we doing a rope climb again? And he was like, no, you swing across. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was fun. Oh, and um, I loved the Z wall. Um, yes. Yeah. Is, did they call it that the Z wall? Um, because it was like the, the first and the third section were like a traditional Z wall that you would think of at a Spartan. But the second, piece was just a bar of, of multiple um uh it like went it was like different <laughs> i'm not explaining this well yeah, so what for, am i trying to say it was different levels for for if you're an obstacle cross racer it was sketch the middle was sketch uh force oh, okay. sketch. if you're not yeah. an obstacle course racer the it was essentially you have two hooks in your hand and the middle yeah. is a is just a, a bar going across so you had to move, you move like, across. You yeah. To slide with, so your feet are not hanging on the middle section. You are uh, traversing yeah. just your You're, hands on the hooks. Just, yeah. It was just the upper body in the middle. There was no place for your feet. So it, yeah. it just added an element of difficulty. Um, and, and I loved that. They, that's um, not the only like combo obstacle they had for uh, our obstacle course racer. So they also had Legaf into uh dragon's back that was the one with the poles that tilted yes and then yes, you love you, that you got up there and you jumped across dragon's back which again i was it's funny i was talking to people after the race and they were like oh, i got up there and i was just i was just terrified i did have a moment of that i had never done that obstacle before i had done the gaff before but never i've never had the um what did you call it dragon's back Dra- yeah i had never done that before and like watching it from the ground you're like oh that's no big deal at all and then you get up there and you're like oh my gosh i'm so high up <laughs> yeah and, so and realistically if you take one like you you can make it across without even jumping like if you just take a really oh, yeah. large you step down and you're fine <laughs> you will make it it's just people see the bar and they think they're gonna smash their face into it they think they're gonna yeah. fall down you know it's it gets in your head so uh, yeah they, yeah, they've had... you've got to just go for it. Like if you, I like hesitated, and that was definitely a mistake. <laughs> they, they've had a elites have walked off the course at World Championships because they thought it was too dangerous, which is oh crazy. wow, oh yeah. My gosh. So it's it, it does it gets in everyone's head if you, if you're not comfortable. Yeah, well, that's part of obstacle course racing. You know, they play on fears, um, especially yeah. Tough Mudder's brand, which play, plays on the fear of like claustrophobia electricity water oh, yes. water you can't see the bottom heights it, it plays on everything <laughs> so that's that's just part of the sport yeah um, talk which about is, the rig also like part oh, of over. why i like it so much yeah I've had, i mean i i remember one of the um trifecta races that i did it was a cold morning and i knew that i was gonna have to go on that dunk wall and i like I thought about that leading like for so long leading up to that race. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. I I, I hate cold. Like I, I just, and cold water is like the worst and having to just like jump in and go fully under. I was like, I don't think I can do it. But then I did it. And I was like, so proud of myself for just going for it. You send it. Yeah. 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 So tell us so a little sorry, about the, the, the big rig. Me. Yeah, the rig. And... Yeah, so there, well, there was like two. So th- yeah, so the, the the main rig, it had, of course, I don't remember all the different holds, but it was like 12 different holds going across yeah. with the the vertical and the bars and the, there was like probably like eight leading up to a, um, like a, a just, was it bars going yeah. across horizontal bars mm-hmm. and then you had to go under the bars and then continue going across like four or five more holds um and once again it, i just feel like it was like 
a really imaginative way to do a rig to have that stop in the middle and and then have to go underneath um it just kind of like shook things up a little bit yeah so the the holds were all from race ready obstacles so for anyone who is looking for to pick up some home home grips I would highly recommend them because that's what's used Absolutely. at OCR They're... World Championships and, and myth, brands like Mythic Race. But yeah, I really like the under too. I thought it was really unique because one, if you're not really good at rigs, it gave you a point to like rest on. Um, yes. Two, true. if if you waited there too long hanging, you're actually going to make your t- arms more tired. So yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was kind of awkward going underneath. So it um, was. I mean, it was a challenge for sure. Yeah. Um, but then and they that... also had, um, is it called Canyon? Oh, they had Canyon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah from OCRWC. The they did have a, it was all rings, but it goes, you start up high and then go down and then you have to go back up. And then there's like, there was um like ladders on each end. Yeah, that, that was a good one. I, my I, arms were pumped out by the, I failed that on my last lap. I think it was. It was oh, like, yeah. Only penalty, after doing it like four times, you're going to get that lap time. <laughs> But I don't. I couldn't get it a second time. I did get it the first time, but um, it's surprisingly difficult. Like it just doesn't look that hard when you're looking at it. Yeah. So <laughs> again, you people, get on it, and it's like, whoo, going back up is yeah. it is a challenge. People at OCRWC were also having a lot of trouble with that one. Um, the first version they had uh, during the three k was very narrow and steep. And then they kind of, for the 15K, they widened it. So it was a little bit easier. But but still, it was, uh, I I feel like this was kind of a cross between the two. I think it was slightly longer than the one they had at World Championships, but not as steep as it was the 3K, but more steep than the 15K. Just my my recollection. Um, Yeah. But my favorite obstacle was the second to last one. Can you describe that? Yeah, it was probably my favorite too. Yeah. (laughs) Does it have a name? I didn't catch... If it had a name, I'm sure it has a name, but I because I haven't seen it anywhere else, I have not. I did not. I don't know the name. Okay, so it is. It was a bar that you had to traverse across to start, and then this bar is attached to a was it a hexagon? Yeah, I think so. Metal hexagon that you have to. Um, basically like pull over so as you're moving your hands along the hexagon you are pulling this bar over to the other side so that you can continue to traverse across it yeah so you're you're going across the same bar twice so it's yeah it's facing one way you get to the hexagon as you turn it like a wheel it rotates up towards the sky and then back down and then you traverse that same bar yeah, and then there was like time. I think two holds after that, and yeah. then you have to ring the bell, of course. Um, very, I mean, just like that was so cool. I, it just was like nothing I had done before. Um, and I, I will admit, I am kind of partial to the upper. Not, it's not like upper body obstacles, but those sort of like swinging. I don't even. <laughs> We'll, we'll call them technical grip them. obstacles. Technical grip obstacles. Love yeah. it. I will remember that. Um, I just really like that particular. And that prob- possibly goes back to like my time doing the Ninja Warrior, which we didn't end up talking about. But um, it, it's 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 definitely more similar to like Ninja Warrior yeah. um, obstacles in that way. Um but yeah, I loved that. It was so fun. Like it was like it felt like a puzzle almost. Yeah. Like, as you're because you're like having to figure out how to turn this thing, and it was it didn't turn like super easily. <laughs> like you had to put some muscle into it. Um. So yeah, very challenging, very imaginative. Loved and it. The other one I wanted to point out was um, I would call it so. The old name was Tip of the Spear back in Battlefrog days. It was the the two slanted walls um with kind of ropes hanging down you remember that one yes yes and like some of them moved on a track yeah so that so that would that's what surprised me so i've been i've done obstacles like that where there's just ropes hanging down like conquer the gauntlet has one called uh smooth criminal that you kind of bound back and forth uh battle frog used to have one called tip of the spear that was very similar to that and i didn't know that first thing moved and i got up there and i was like how the hell am i supposed to get to the next hold 
but the yeah. first hole was on a track and you actually could slide down again which yeah. was super cool definitely inventive yeah I, I really enjoyed that it was it was kind of a surprise at the beginning like oh this is moving <laughs> like you needed it to, to move but it was like oh yeah kind of a tricky tricky skill there <laughs> and tell us about the uh, prize you got for winning Oh, yeah. So um, I got this really cool banner, this champion, like champion banner with a dragon on it, I think. Yeah. It's on, I have it in the other room. Let me look. Yeah, it's got a dragon on it. Yeah. I've got it's, I've got I one. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't even know. It's like five feet tall. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. It's, it's definitely it's unique, so unique yeah. prize. They gave the... If you want to win a banner, you have to either win the 5K male or female or the five-hour male or female. And then oh, they so also you got you did get one as well. I did get one. Yeah, my, mine's yeah. hanging about four feet from me. Yeah. And okay. They also gave a golden uh, dragon skull, a smaller one for the largest team. And then oh, that's right. The fa- did you see the fastest team trophy? Yes, it was massive. Preposterously a massive large dragon skull. <laughs> if you have, it's on my Instagram page. The, I'm actually currently so my team strength and speed won it so we were, we've been I've passed it off to Jamie and uh, I think she's gonna pass it off to Melina we're we're spreading the love around but it is oh, yeah. it is preposterously it. <laughs> large it weighs like thirty pounds it came with a oh, sword my yeah and I didn't try to pick display. it up but it looked pretty intense it has a sword right Can yeah it has a sword that? too yeah so crazy amazing yeah so if anyone wants to try to win it you know make sure you show up in force next year i think we're that's right um get your start getting your teams together now <laughs> i think we're gonna pass it off i think it's that's gonna be passed off like a uh the stanley cup oh, type thing. Nice. yes that makes uh, sense. although I love that. will's gonna have a hard time getting the sword back from me that's i'm not i'm, <laughs> I'm not giving that up maybe i'll, I'll replace yeah. it with a different sword I'm i mean tall- how many times do you win a sword like that is that's hard to give up <laughs> yeah so uh, super excited about that. That was that was a really cool touch. All right. So if anyone wants to run Mythic Race, 2024's race is tentatively scheduled for April 13th. You can find Mythic Race on Facebook, and that'll have all, all of your updates. They also had some pretty cool swag as far as uh, medals. So for the five-hour, we got a belt buckle. And for the uh, 5K, you got a medal with a, that Mythic Race dragon head. If anyone wants one of those... For this year, they are doing the same thing they did last year where they offer a virtual challenge and the money goes to Lionheart's Fitness, which uh, I've talked to the Lionheart's Fitness is a youth OCR group. Um, the Let's see, Rachel Waters talks to them, has talked to them a bunch, a bunch of times and typically goes down there and helps. I think they're based out of, I want to say, I'm going to mess it up. It's like right on the Tennessee-Georgia border. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember what town it is. Knoxville? No, Knoxville's middle. I don't know. Right on the Tennessee-Georgia border. So Rachel Waters is always going down there helping them out. Um, and they're giving 100% of the profits to uh, Lionheart. So you can check head over to Mythic Race and earn yourself some of that swag. All right, let's jump back in time real quick and talk about – first, let's talk about the, the Ninja Warrior phase. Can yeah. I, how did that start? Did you apply for the show? Did you do local competitions, et cetera? Yeah, so – it was kind of this like random, I mean, it wasn't totally random. So it was after I had done my first Spartan race and I was like, oh my gosh, I love doing obstacles. I want to do more obstacles. Like the show was, I mean, I think it's still really big, but like we were watching the show at the time and I was like, I want to do stuff like this. This These like Ninja Warrior obstacles look like so much fun. And, um, but we actually... So we were living in Memphis at the time and there were no um, ninja gyms there, but we um, were traveling back and forth to Nashville a lot. So um, there are a couple of ninja gyms in the area and I got hooked up with one and um, like went and did some classes and opened some open gyms and just like started playing around on these obstacles. And so I did do some local competitions. Um, I, I did, I did pretty well in them. I mean, their local ninja competitions tend to be pretty small. Um, so there weren't like a ton of women doing these things, but I, I did manage to like get on the podiums of some 
local competitions and um and I really enjoyed that. I did not ever try to get on the show. I did have some ideas for videos to send in, but I just am like not a like loving the spotlight type of person. So I was like, I think I'll just kind of do this as a fun side thing and and leave that leave the TV show for some other people. <laughs> um but um so I did I did some local competitions in Nashville and then I did qualify for I think it was the UNAA um, like world championships or whatever their championships are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that year it was um, in Minnesota in Minneapolis, I believe. And um, so I did like go up for that and got to, got to play on a really cool ninja setup um, and um, didn't, didn't do that great at that. So I was like, you know, kind of solidified my like, desire to just have that be just a fun kind of side thing um but it's great it's great training for obstacle course racing and um I just I just get joy out of it so I just keep doing it a little bit here and there um but it's definitely not like a main focus gotcha no it makes sense you know if you can do the ninja obstacles or at least train on the ninja obstacles you're gonna get obstacles gonna get more proficient and typically the you won't have problems at OCRs because they uh, OCR yeah. is concerned about putting a, a lot of people through a lot the of course. People. Absolutely. So yeah. They can't They're be not, as technical. They're not super technical. Yeah. Yeah. And they typically, there's, there's usually not as much padding or crash pads below. So they usually can't, as you don't have the big yeah. dynamic uh, movements that Ninja yeah. has. Yeah. That's very true. All right. So let's jump a little bit back, farther back in time. Tell me about like how you got involved in running. Yeah. So, um, Running, when I started running, it was a way for me to stay skinny, basically. Um, I struggled a lot with um, eating disorders throughout my teenage and adult life. Um, And I was like, just, it was an easy way for me to get exercise in. And it, of course unlike weightlifting or anything like that, it doesn't put muscle mass on you. So uh, it was very, a very disordered thing. Mm. Um, And even, I mean, even at that time, like I was never, I never struggled with like exercise obsession or like um, that sort of like over-exercising type stuff. Um, But it did, it, it definitely was, an important thing to me at the time. Um, and so it's been kind of an interesting progression with my, my exercise and then like getting into actual like training as I have gotten healthy. Um, but, um, even, even when I was struggling with, um, like my eating, I still, I guess I've always been kind of competitive because I was still trying to do, I think I I got into triathlons like in my early twenties and, um, I was, I was really trying hard to, to do something competitive and it just, my body was not really having it. (laughs) We've had, Um, we've had two really big name OCR at female athletes come out until they, Tell the world they had uh, eating disorders, and both of them yeah, were extremely high level. Um, yeah, and you know it is not easy to um, have have good output when you're not feeding yourself properly. Yeah, but it's it becomes um, it becomes an interesting thing, right? So like if you lose a couple pounds, a lot of times you get faster. Yeah, uh, and then you lose a couple more it's, times, maybe you get a little bit faster, but then it's like it's like going off a cliff where like suddenly. Yeah you drop off that cliff and now you're, you have major bone breaks. You're not recovering, you know, yeah. you're, it, Absolutely. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't last long. So you can, yeah, it's, um, it's a real fine line and it doesn't, it's, it's not, um, sustainable. At yeah, it's all. not going to end well. It's not going to end well. <laughs> no, it's not going to end well. I am, I am so thankful that 
I did not have the injuries that typically come with that. Mm. Um, and I don't know how I managed to not, um, but, but I'm so thankful for that. Um, I think, I think it was a matter of like, I wasn't necessarily trying to be super competitive in what I was doing. Um, at that time I wasn't, you know, like training on a regular basis. It was, it was more sporadic and, and just not as intense. And I think that's kind of what saved me from, from a, a lot of injuries. Um, any, any but, recommendations you'd have or advice you'd have for someone who would be going through something similar? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it's such a, like, it's just such an interesting thing. Like it's so mental and, you know, people, people say like, Oh, just eat a cheeseburger. Oh, just, just eat some ice cream. Just, you know, just eat something. And it's like, when you are struggling with that, that's all you want to do is like, Oh, I wish I could just eat it. But there's so much like mental anguish going on that you can't. And it seems like just even just to say that it's, it's it almost sounds silly because you as a healthy person, you think, Oh yes, you can. Like you can just eat it. It's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but there is such a mental side to it. And that, at least for me, like I had to do so much work with my mental, like with the mental side of things, how I think about food, how I, even like how I prepare my food, like it, it's just, and food is such an essential part of life that you have to, like, you have to figure it out. You have to deal, you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm in some way every day. Um, so finding the help, finding some, some way to help the mental side of things, um, is is so important and like really find like digging deep and dealing with those issues and not just trying to push them aside or just get over it so to speak um it's very important this there's something like that um does it like do you quote unquote conquer it does it go away completely or is there always like a portion that's that's kind of nagging at you but you've got it under control type thing yeah so i think it can And maybe you're only speaking for yourself, but yeah, yeah. I totally, like, I think, I do think it's different for everyone. Um, of course, everyone is going to recover differently or have different experiences. Um, I do feel like you can conquer it. Okay. Um, it is, it is a, a long process and, um, it's interesting though, because even now, like, so I, it's really, it's only been like three years Mm. that I've been fully recovered and like not doing the behaviors. Um, and it's like, oh gosh, that sounds like so long, but it also sounds so short at the same time. Um, but I definitely still have days where I struggle, Mm. days where I have thoughts creep in and like, I do think that you can conquer it in a way that, like, I don't feel like I'm going to go back to the behaviors that I was doing. But at the same time, like, those thoughts are there. And I yeah. have to figure out, okay, how am I going to push those thoughts away, think other thoughts, you know, be positive about this and get past it, Um so that I don't go down that deep, dark hole and, and get back to where I was. Yeah. Um, so it is, I mean, they're, they're, I think, you know, it's hard to say how I'll fear, feel 10 years from now. I would hope that I, it would just get less and less the further I get away from it. Um, but 
where I am right now. Like I definitely still have to work at it, but hmm. it's not like, uh, it's all like an, in, it's just an internal battle. Yeah. And it, and it gets fewer and, and more time between <laughs> the longer that I go. So gotcha. we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, no, I probably, I appreciate you sharing that information and, uh, hopefully that if anyone anyone's having a similar problem, hopefully that that helps or at least gives them gives them a light at the end of the tunnel that um, yeah, there yeah. is an end to the tunnel or yeah. at least the tunnel is yeah. mostly gone, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. All right. Serious stuff. More, more, <laughs> more serious stuff. Let's let's start wrapping it up. Uh we'll we'll hopefully I'm hoping this next question will make things a little bit lighter. Um so when we have a guest on our podcast, we like to ask them Tell us something people would be surprised to know about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I probably, I'll say, um, <laughs> I have kind of a silly one and then I have more of a serious one. So, okay. um, uh, I wear <laughs> like, first of all, I love like pajamas. Like I wish I could live in pajamas. I, I just love being comfortable but part of that is like um the socks that I wear like I have like two pairs of socks that I just love to wear all the time so I just like will wear them for I wear them for way too long <laughs> and then I'll wash them and trade trade them out and this is the cycle that I go through I love my comfy socks okay um so that's kind of silly but um so about 12 or 13 years ago, um, I lived overseas for about a year and a half. Um, I spent about half that time in Germany and half the time in China, in Beijing. Oh, and I feel like, of course, people around me at the time knew that I was doing that, but I have met a lot of people since then. And it just doesn't really come up in casual conversation <laughs> very often. So whenever somebody does find out, they're like, wow, I had no idea you like lived in a different country. So kind of just one of those things that I did when I was young and younger. And, um, and it was amazing. So I lived in, in Germany, or I think I already said this, but I lived in Germany for about six months. And then, um, and that was sort of a more like backpacking across Europe kind of thing. Um, I like was doing this farm share type thing where I like was working it actually it was like kind of a farm but more of like a brewery um and I was just like working in their kitchen helping and like um just like doing chores for them kind of during the week and then I would have time um like on the weekends to travel around and visit different cities and stuff and in the afternoons there was some amazing like Germany has these amazing trails going all over the country, like just going from like little town to little town, like through the woods. And I would just like hike for hours. It was amazing and beautiful. Um, and then in China, so I am a hairstylist, um, was my career before having kids. And, um, so I found a hair salon in China to work at and I went over there and, and did hair and you speak around. Chinese got to see, oh gosh like ni hao is hello that's about the extent of it and I think I can count to about three or four <laughs> okay um I did try and learn some and I did get to the point where um at that time I could like tell a cab driver where to take me um and stuff like that but that has all been lost <laughs> it's a very difficult language yeah um but it was amazing. I mean, the food, the, I got to go to the Great Wall a, a couple times and, and walk around on it and, um, see the Forbidden City and the, all this, all the stuff in Beijing. It was very cool. Um, and, and now I'm like, how did I even do that? It seems crazy, <laughs> but it was a great experience. Nice. I usually try to match the guests. So for the clothing one, um, the, I'm going to go with something. So the, the military 
uh, my, my my day job is in the military. So you, uh-huh. our un our uniforms. Um, I'm not gonna talk about the socks, but I'm talking about the underwear <laughs> or rather the lack thereof. So when you're out oh, in the yeah. feet, when you're out in the feet, there's a term called going commando, which is oh yeah understandable because it it has its basis in military, right? So a lot of times when you're in the field, you don't wear underwear because if your <laughs> pants get wet, like I go to a river crossing and my underwear is wet, the underwear will never dry. So you just don't wear underwear; it's just a single layer. Um, okay, so I didn't realize there was a whole reason behind. There's it, a reason, yeah. <laughs> so it, when you're in we call it garrison when i'm just working in the office um some people carry that over some people don't i will not sure. i will not tell you which category i'm in <laughs> but some people carry it over so i'll just, I'll just leave yeah. it at that and yeah. then for, for the travel one uh mid-tour le- i was uh when i was in iraq mid-tour leave they give you a plane ticket anywhere in the world and almost everyone goes back to the united states which is understandable because mm. to see their family but uh my last mid-tour leave i took i went to russia so this is oh, 2008, wow. and no smartphones. I literally get off the plane, and I I don't speak any Russian. I can I can read the alphabet slightly because it's very similar <laughs> to Greek. Cyrillic is very similar to Greek, and it was uh it was a high adventure. I mean, I was I got lost multiple times without a smartphone, and just kind of wandering around with my English map and all the signs are in Russian, and kind of like China. I think it's interesting. So when I tell people I went to Russia now. I feel like China and Russia both have a more of an adversarial yeah. uh, view in the United States now than they did when I went. So yeah, um, I feel like sometimes I get weird looks when it's like, oh, you went to Russia? That's odd. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, well, I, I mean, I, I actually went, I think it was, a, was it a month or two months after they invaded Georgia. Um, but I had bought my plane tickets before that. And I was like, oh, uh, all right, I guess we're going anyway. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was... Oh, my traveling those big trips were also pre-smartphone <laughs> yeah it's so it's, it it's a, a lot different. easier with a smartphone i'm much yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so all right uh any final shout outs you want to give friends family sponsors anything we missed before we get going well um you mentioned before but i am part of phoenix race pro team so um they put on great races and i mentioned some of them earlier um they're mostly in the southeast but also ohio um but you can check them out on online of course um i don't i'm not a sponsored athlete but i do love my mud gear socks um so i'll give them i'll give them a shout out even though i'm not sponsored (laughs) they're they're legit they're good i do all my running in them um but i also have to say i couldn't do any of this without my husband he's amazing and you know oftentimes well we love to go on family race trips uh where we all race but oftentimes i'm going solo and i couldn't do that without him being home with the kids and you know, it's, it's a lot of sacrificing, um, but I really appreciate it. And nice. he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask a similar question. My, my wife doesn't race. So she's the one who handles the kids a lot of times. So. Yeah. Yeah. So my, well, my husband will race um, in open waves, but he's not like real competitive with it. So gotcha. it's yeah, fun. We, you mentioned he did year, the Spartan. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, about once a year we get to actually run a race together. So I'll, I'll like slow way down and run with him. <laughs> and it's so much fun. Like, because I just, I just am so often like in race mode, yeah, like competitive, like go as fast as you can kind of thing. And it's really fun to slow down with him every once in a while and just kind of play. And we've like done practice star spear throws at the race and stuff like that, that I don't usually get to do. So it's great. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm going to second that plug for mud gear. Uh, if anyone wants a discount, ultra OCR men is my discount code. I think that gives you, I don't know, 15% off. I'm not even sure, but nice. it's, a, it's, it's kind <laughs> of the standard code that, uh, is available for mud gear. Um, so feel free to use that if anyone wants to buy some mud gear. Also, you mentioned about being sponsored. I do have a book coming out in as soon as I finish editing it. So I don't know, probably end of the summer called the sponsored athlete. And it talks about how to essentially cut costs and or make money if you cut enough costs uh, with mm. doing things like obstacle course racing or running or really it really can be applied to any hobby. If you want to race cars, you know, like um, 
remote control cars or like real cars, like it has applications there too, because it's talking about building your brand and kind of getting getting people on board and um, uh, saving money that way. So that book's coming out. It'll be on my website, teamstrengthspeed.com. Also will be available digitally from Amazon. The big announcement, well, which as is, is current as of today, as a recording, um, Ultra OCR Man, my documentary filmed by Bobby Ross, it's 24 minutes long. It is now available. So uh, through a website called Gumroad. Gumroad <laughs> and... Um, if you go to the teamstrengthspeed.com website, you'll see links. I literally plastered it all over the place. But it's a 24-minute <laughs> documentary. It costs 10 bucks. Uh, if you want to support that, that would be much appreciated. The plan is to use the money from that to do some other film projects, uh, one in very much in the spirit of Strength and Speed podcast, but in video format. And the other one uh, would be another charity event, not ultra OCR charity like I've been doing um, because I'm I'm officially done with those. But the um, it would be a different charity, also endurance based. So uh, please head over and check that out. Twenty four minutes long, and uh, Bobby put a lot of work into it, and I mostly just suffered on the race course for it. So please check that out. And, if, and if, even if you don't, if you don't buy it or watch it, please share it around. Uh, I would appreciate that. And then finally, TeamStrengthSpeed.com, the online store, leg mitts, all sizes, small, medium, large, extreme, light, available there. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for coming on, Cindy. Thanks for having me.